Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. Guys of a certain age, and you have not been transported back to Saturday morning cartoons, but Robbie Koblenz in studio with Art Shirley, and we are celebrating the return of Spidey to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's back. So, yeah, that took three weeks. What was that? What was it? Yeah, three weeks, three weeks is probably about right. And I was—I don't know exactly the details of what happened. I just figured somebody at Sony went and said, "What are we? Have we lost our minds? Why have we dropped out of the MCU?" You know, but. So uh, I'm so, sure money must have changed hands. Yeah, yeah. So the the stuff I read, just to refresh folks out there, and Jay Reed. Uh, hey, Jay. I know Jay's not here. I'm sure Jay's listening. Um, just to remind you guys that Disney and Sony came to an impasse about continuing Tom Holland and their version of Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Marvel and 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 Sony had worked out a deal to allow Spider-Man to appear in the Avengers and to co-produce the uh, two Spider-Man standalone movies. There was a deal that Disney got, I think, 5% yeah, uh, profits. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that deal was up. They came back to renegotiate it. Disney won at 50%. Right. Sony's like, ah, no, we're not going to do that. So they said, we're, we're splitting. And that lasted for about three weeks. Massive fan reaction. And uh, folks said, you know, hey... Uh, what is what is Spider Man without you know homage to Tony Stark? Yeah, in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. So they announced a deal last week where Spidey would continue in the MCU and Disney would get twenty five percent. Yeah, so they kind of met in the middle. Yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. So. so I mean, really, Sony, do you not want Marvel involved in you know? your third Spider-Man movie when your first two Spider-Man movies were the largest grossing movies of all time in some right. history. I mean, I've got two words for you, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. You know, so that's, that is Spider-Man without the MCU. So, yeah, that's right. And you know, whether you like that product or not, I thought the first Andrew Garfield movie was fine. They just never had the impact. They never had the reach no. that they did that the MCU has that that cinematic universe has. Uh, I mean, we've seen that even even the X-Men movies, you know, have never done, have never quite had that that feeling and that combined thing. And I think everything being brought together is really going to work well Um, in along those same lines. I don't know whether you saw that Kevin Feige, who is the godfather of the MCU, he's the uh, executive producer who's in charge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is uh, actually going to be producing a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I saw that. It's uh it's a uh, cinematic release. It's not something for the Disney Channel. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. So he's going to develop a new Star Wars film, which is really cool to see. Is it a single movie? Um, um, I don't know that anybody knows yet. Yeah. or it's, I'm okay. sure somebody knows, but it hasn't been released. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'd um, like to see what he does. When he comes up with. Mm-hmm. To me, Feige's kind of got the, the magic touch, not unlike John Lasseter in early Pixar. Right. Because um, you remember everything that John Lasseter turned to gold mm-hmm. until he touched things 
inappropriately, <laughs> and then oh, uh, then Lassiter nice. was uh, was kicked out from uh, yeah. fired from Pixar. That's right, and his persona non grata. So yeah. you know, uh, yeah, John, you shouldn't hit that sauce quite so hard. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, and then also along those same lines, there's rumors of how they're going to bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Right. In that, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you may have read this, but the, the, the whole premise is the Fantastic Four got lost back in the 70s. Yes, right. That's what I've seen too. Yeah. And so, they're they're not in the quantum realm, I don't believe. Are they? Or are they in the quantum realm? Some They're, they, they're in some alternate dimension or they're somewhere else and, and they're brought back. And so that's how they're able to kind of still be. They, they've got this 70-ish vibe about them, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And there's talk of uh, John Kransky. Is that how you pronounce his name? Krasinski? Yeah, that word. As, um, as Reed Richards. Right. Which I think he would be great. Yeah, I think he'd be really good, too. I'm actually watching The Office for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never, wow. never saw The oh, Office before. Yeah, you're so. in for a treat. Uh, it's been fun. Yeah. And, you know, there's also been talk of Emily Blunt to play. His wife. To yeah, play. Uh, life. Yeah. Play, uh, Sue Storm. That would be great. Yeah. So, Although so. I think of Sue Storm as being younger a little bit but i think she'll be perfect i think that would be i think that would be great of course they end up married in the comics and in the in in the now in the mcu as well so uh i'm i'm reading something from comicbook.news uh and i'm quoting it said connecting spider-man and fantastic four has already been teased as the former avengers tower will become the baxter building oh yeah or it was the baxter building then became avengers tower you right know. when they were when they disappeared in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, any thoughts on the thing or uh, Johnny Storm? Well, we know Chris Evans is not available. Yeah, that's right. Or well, maybe yeah, he, he is. He that's is, right. He is. So, and I thought Chris Evans did a great Storm. Yeah, I thought that. I thought those first two, the those two uh, Fantastic Four movies had a, a lot of charm. In them. There's a lot of things that worked. They were uh, doc- serviceable. Yes, Doctor Doom was terrible. Their take on Doctor Doom was terrible. And uh, Silver Surfer was a little bit of a wasted opportunity. But a lot of the dynamics, and certainly Chris Evans was, you know, great as Johnny Storm. It's funny to see him now as Captain America and look back and, and see him as uh, the Human Torch and think, wow, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who would you want to play uh, the thing? I, you know, I really don't know anymore. I don't, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Dave Bautista, he played. Oh, yeah. uh, by, he would have been a perfect choice, but he uh, he's you know otherwise occupied. Yeah, uh, you know because uh, he's in Suicide Squad reboot with James Gunn right. as well as right. uh, Drax uh-huh. from Guardians. What about you? Who do you think? I have no clue. Yeah, I just can't think of anybody. You know uh, the guy who played the thing in the first two, uh, Michael uh, Chiklis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, I thought he was. Great. I thought he was great too. Yeah. Um, I've seen some things about uh, possibly uh, who was the guy that ended up playing Hellboy, you know, put him in another costume, see if that works. The guy, he's oh. from Stranger Things, David oh, uh, Harbour. Harbour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe maybe he might do better in that role than he did. And I didn't see the new Hellboy. But, and uh, I just don't think you're going to see a sequel to I it. I don't think you are either. I think he bombed. may be available. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and depending on what happens in Stranger Things, he may be available. So let's segue into that. Stranger Things uh, 4 teaser dropped yesterday. Yeah. And so they're no longer in Hawkins, Indiana. Right. I, uh, I didn't see the teaser, so where are they? So it doesn't say. It okay. just say it, it was just something. I knew they were going to be in a different place, but I didn't yeah. know where they were going to go. Yeah. So they didn't reveal that yet. No. Okay. No. Uh, but it, it ended up merging into the upside down. So, ah, okay. You know, so, and it, 
there's been speculation is is stranger for things is this the finale do you know maybe the final season i think it may be yeah i i can't imagine they they would go much past this season they may do one more but i think they're i would think they would be smart to try to wrap it up unless they take it in a completely different direction and it becomes a whole new storyline but i don't think people want that i think that was the original intent with stranger things wasn't it that each season would be a completely Uh, new story i have no clue yeah i think it was supposed to be kind of an anthology series uh but by season as opposed to by episode yeah so that each season you'd see a different it would set up with with that name stranger things right you know plus you've got these kids that are really you know are going to age out of these roles you know, unless they do. What you mean, going? Yeah, they, I guess they really already have. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's it's going to be harder to keep that that charm to it, unless you do something completely, you know, completely different with it. So we'll see. Um, should be fun. Should be mm-hmm. fun. So, uh, well, you know, we were talking about uh, Spider Man being owned by Sony. That's right. Uh, Sp- Spidey and like nine hundred other characters. What else is Sony known for? The Walkman. The classic Walkman. Now, so, are they going to reintroduce that? Did you mention that to me, or have I seen that somewhere, that they're going to uh, bring out a, a, an anniversary I edition of The I Walkman? I thought I saw that I think that's somewhere. something that's, you know, as, as we always say, what we misremember. So that possibly is something we don't remember. But the classic Walkman. And yeah. So what, what's funny, I think I've, we've talked about this off mic. Uh, I had a shoot in Houston, Texas, yeah. back at the beginning of the year. And uh, we were doing a, a Back to the Future spoof. This is for a trade show mm-hmm. um, booth. And uh, I told uh, one of the principals from the um, what, our, our primary contact with the client, I said, hey, I need a Sony Walkman. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's early 20s. You right. Know? And uh, so because in Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox's Walkman is a, is a prime part of, of the of the storyline right and and she had never seen back to the future even though she knew we were doing a back to the future theme mm-hmm. and so she ended up getting a sony discman oh. not a walkman but yeah. a discman she's like it's it isn't it the same thing it's like no, no it's not it's no it's not it's yeah. completely different uh-huh. so um but the walkman was incredibly re- revolutionary yeah. for the for the 70s yeah it was i mean it it changed it it led to so many things that we you know, we, we take for granted now, you know, having your music in your pocket. I mean, uh, obviously the, the evolution or the way those things evolved, you know, into, you know, the iPod, uh, the different, uh, you know, MP3 players, whatever. But I think it really all started with, because I don't remember there ever being as convenient a way you had small portable, uh, tape players, you know, you had, I had a little eight track player that was, you know, about the size of a, a shoebox, but still you didn't carry that on your hip, you know, no. and didn't have a pair of headphones to play with it. That really gave you uh, a portable music system like we hadn't had before. At least I don't remember. Did yeah. you actually have a Walkman, a Sony No, Walkman? I had a Panasonic. I did too. Yeah. I couldn't afford a Walkman. Yeah, I couldn't afford a Walkman either. And the Panasonic was a great thing. But yeah, we did. they did all get lumped into this idea. Of, like I had a Panasonic Walkman is what you said. Yeah. Of course, that's not what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you had a pa- Panasonic tape player. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. So a friend of mine had, the first Walkman I ever saw was a Sony and um, it was an expensive unit. It was like yeah. a fifty, sixty dollar yeah, unit, it which was is, at that know, time. You know, that's a lot that, of yeah, uh-huh. and still is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really. But you know, one of the things that was really cool about this thing is it had a microphone. Yeah, and uh, so you could you had a a bypass a music bypass button. Mm-hmm. So you you punch that button and that mic became active, and so you could hear what's going on around you without taking your headphones off. Right. You know, which is like 
Wow, that's really cool. And wasn't that what part of what was exploited in the Back to the Future thing was the microphone thing? Did he use that as well? I know he did some other stuff well, with it, but but I thought I thought when he was confronting his dad when he was Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan, yeah, uh-huh. he was just cutting it on and off. Okay, that's so, what it was. So yeah. He wasn't he wasn't talking through that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Which what what a great scene. Yeah, you know, I'm Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan. You know. <laughs> Uh, geeks everywhere. I need to just, see that again. Yeah, I need to just, I watch that forever. And he, he did the Vulcan V, you right. know, and he's in his radiation suit. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It's classic great. movie. You know, that movie holds up incredibly well. Uh-huh. So, but the Walkman uh, really legitimate, well, no, it's not that the cassette was illegitimate prior to, but the Walkman, like you said, really, yeah. um, really pushed the idea of portable music yeah uh, and to me that cassette and we talked about this off mic a little bit but the cassette to me was just uh, a great end product of the tape format you know we'd had reel-to-reel before we actually had a little reel-to-reel deck when i was growing up uh, my, my dad had that he always liked recording devices and uh you know he would re- record us so we've got there's there's tape of me somewhere singing old beatles songs as a kid and tape of this you know uh, talking back and forth as children that i still want to get find and get dubbed off somewhere and then of course we went to the cassette players you know the long again they were probably like 10 inches long five inches wide two inches high and they had the little push button at the front yeah we had record stuff you know and some friends and i recorded um i've told you this before recorded our own soundtracks uh our sound effects and voices and everything to old horror movies like i had some uh, eight millimeter rodan and uh, giant behemoth and, and different movies and we would r- try to sync those up and play them at the same time so that was a great form factor worked great in your car certainly better than the eight track where you had to <laughs> yeah those little segments and stuff that was just always always a clunky kind of device yeah you know that the eight track and i had had that in my car and, and had portable players as well but once you got to that cassette that was great and part of the thing that was great about it to me was the recording aspect of it yeah exactly and the mixtapes yeah. So did you make mixtapes? I did, but let me tell you what I also did with my cassette. Uh-huh. Um, it was before, it was just, it was the late 70s, um, you know, early 80s, before the dawn of um, of the home video recorder revolution. I mean, right. there were VHS and beta machines out there. I guess uh-huh. this is probably 82, 83. And uh, we couldn't afford one at that point. So what I would do is I'd take a cassette recorder, push it up to the speaker of the TV, and I would record the audio yeah. of Doctor Who. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I had a bunch of Doctor Who uh, recorded. Yeah, and I would do that with Star Trek. Yeah. So you could kind of listen because you had no way to record them. That's right. You know, so you'd listen to them afterwards, and you know, it was like a radio, old time radio show, That's basically. Right. Yeah. And so then I I, w- I went on this 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 quest to to be able to dub. Yeah. And so I had a little Panasonic um, mono. Um, cassette player right just a, a portable that ran on i think eight um AA batteries uh-huh. and then we had one of those home units you're talking about that you know eight or nine inches long right. four or five inches wide uh-huh. and so i made a dubbing cable made my yeah, own dubbing wow, cable. that's cool and so we dubbed from 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 one to the other and obviously there was a ton of loss and yeah. it just sounded really uh-huh. bad but i i ended up i, I created a speaker out of a shoebox. Oh, i got wow. an old speaker i got a piece of paneling put holes in the paneling yeah. glued the speaker to it put it in the shoebox, and then i had that dub cable running through and i could never figure out why when the song when the when the source tape went to silence i heard all kinds of 
of movement or whatnot, yeah. not realizing that the speaker was, was a, also a microphone. Was a, was yeah. a microphone, so it was adding in, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, wow, okay, so Where is that coming from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was crazy. Yeah. So I, I graduated to um, um, I, I mowed I mowed lawns one summer and mm-hmm. bought a techniques dual cassette yeah pack. i had that too yeah and so the one i had would actually dub in 2x speed mm-hmm. and That's uh, nice. yeah yeah it was great it did not have auto reverse uh-huh but uh, it dubbed in 2x speed and uh you know you could do chrome metal whatever the different types of tapes right it had dolby uh, beat uh-huh. noise reduction and I remember it was a $300 cassette wow. deck and someone had taken it into Hooper Electronics Meridian mm-hmm. home, which is the headquarters of Hoopers uh, to get it fixed and they never picked it up. And wow. so I got it for 150. Wow. That's awesome. And so I still have that cassette deck. In fact, that cassette deck is what I've got my big 36 inch monitor on. Yeah. For, that's, I saw it sitting in the office. Yeah. There. So mm-hmm. that, uh, that was the first thing I saved up money for yeah. and worked for. And I dubbed so many tapes on that yeah. thing. So, but did a lot of mixtapes. And, yeah. uh, yeah. In fact, at one point I had this, I had made this, the stereo stand and I had an in and an out stack. So stuff I wanted to dub. Oh yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Cause you borrow from your friends. Right. Exactly. And, and, and yeah. you know, and I remember going to uh can big drug, KB drugs mm-hmm. or is it can be drugs? KB. Can be drugs. And they always ran sales on BASF. Right. Tapes. Uh, five packs or four packs. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. And it was always great. Or Max L. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, there was nothing more thrilling to me to get a yeah. brand new tape, like get a a, a chrome or, or a metal oxide tape. Yeah. And just kind of open it up. And it had never been recorded on before. Right. And then you make your dub. Yeah. And we would do, uh, I just came back from a reunion. A friend of mine, I remember doing this in his home. Uh, certain radio stations had, you know, album nights, like yeah. Saturday night at midnight, and they would play the whole album. They put the needle on, you know, the needle kids. Yeah, <laughs> needle. actually, the, actually, the kids probably know that better. There's a gener- there's a gap in there where people don't. Yeah, the needle on the vinyl record, and they would start it off, and you'd put your, you know, cassette mm-hmm. in there, and then you'd, they'd take a, a commercial break, and you'd flip it, and they'd flip the album, and you'd come back, and you'd have the whole album. You could get the whole album, you know, just off the radio, and the signal was usually pretty good, so it sounded pretty good. But I was there with a friend of mine when he was doing it. <laughs> and he starts it off, and the first track had a skip in it. And so it's, <laughs> he's like, oh, I can't believe it. You know, it's like, I may have to pay money for this now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We were pirates before pirates. pirates were, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And then we recorded a lot of stuff working at the radio station. We would go up, you know, sometimes after our shift and, and record. You yeah, know, within the interest of knowing the album, of course, you know, so we could put it in our car and know the album, so we'd know the album cuts we wanted to play later. But you know that that first generation of a cassette always sounded better than anything dubbed off of it because oh the, yeah, the signal to yeah. noise ratio, the noise yeah. reduction, and all yeah. that. So you had that that natural anti piracy right um, built into it. Yeah, that factor right. built That's into right. it because yeah. when you got a new cassette, it just sounded better than if you yeah. had a dub. Oh yeah, and. So. I also had a, a, I had a couple of different, uh, they were, I call them like the Gilligan's Island type radio, but it was a cassette deck, you know, kind of looked like the, the radio from Gilligan's Island that apparently lasted forever. I wish we had the batteries that they, That's that right. they used for that. But uh, one of those was a dual deck and uh, had the ability to, to overdub as you were dubbing over. So I would use that as kind of a recording device to record music. So I'd record 
like uh, a drum track off of a little Casio keyboard. Oh, cool. And then go back in and put a guitar track on top of that and then layer, you know, keep bouncing back and forth on the thing. <laughs> and then do the vocal track. But by the time you got it, it's like, it was- <laughs> what, is this, what is this tape hiss in there? Yeah. But it was fun. You know, yeah. so it was a neat thing to do. But yeah. And also the... The tape speeds were slightly different, you know. The, you know, it was, a, it was yeah. a portable device, so it wasn't just really, you know, high-end electronics, and so the speeds were slightly different. So, you know, switching them back and forth, you'd start to get a little bit of a variance uh-huh. in t- uh, time shift things. So it was interesting. So you made mixtapes. Yeah. I made mixtapes. So right. what? What were your mixtapes for, and what were the themes? What? Well, you know, you'd always have them to take on a date. That's you right. Know, that's yeah. right. And so, you know, you'd, you'd have them, and, and, and they'd be romantic music or, you know, whatever, and driving music, too. You know, if you're going on a road trip, you'd so have you to. So you get your road, tape, right. road trip mixtapes. And then you'd always, I don't know, you had people that were, you know, very uh, fastidious in making sure that they had all the tracks listed. You yeah. know, some people did that. I always like to draw artwork on yeah, mine and me you know, too. come up with stuff. Uh, a friend of mine had a collection. It was kind of like uh, his whole thing was the, the Diamond series, the hardest rock of all. And he, you know, his whole all his mixtapes were. <laughs> I did a bunch of stuff like yeah, that. Uh-huh. Yeah, had like a logo that went with it and everything. You know, yeah. like you know, like he's a he's the K tail of the. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and I did uh-huh. that. I did that yeah. a lot. I mean, um, I did like best live tracks. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe songs about a certain subject. And I had a lot of mm-hmm. Christian rock at that point. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I would do all kinds of sampler mm-hmm. tapes. And then I would I would also do tapes as presents. Too, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and not just for significant others, but I would do tapes for, hey, there's yeah. there's X, there's Y, you know, here yeah. you go. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. you did. A, I remember you did. Uh, this was now this had moved on to the CD at this point, but you did like an 80s collection. Yeah, uh, of stuff, and I did a, a couple of Christmas albums on CD again. That was very much reminiscent of the mixtape feel, because I wanted it to go. You know, as a former disc jockey, I wanted the uh, songs to flow together and then kind of establish mood and then move through things. And uh, so I did a couple of those different, uh, very Napster Christmas albums. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. I call those. You uh, you should have a copy. I have. Fairly yeah. sure I've yeah. got a copy. And Jim Beatty owns backstage music here. Uh-huh. D- does still does the same yeah. thing. So, but to me, the CD as great as it was, it still never had that that charm that the cassette had. You know, yeah. the fact that you're sitting there and you've worked on your mixtape, and then all of a sudden your your player eats it. <laughs> well, and and the time involved because it's oh, a, yeah, it's, it's a, a re- much harder process than doing it to CD. It's a real time record. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you've got to get everything starting and stopping. That's correctly. right. And you have to time it out so that you don't, that your song ends pretty well at the 45 minute mark, which was the uh, recording time of a single side of a cassette. Yeah. On a, yeah. on a, on a 90 minute. Oh now, yeah. You, you might have a 60 minute. Yeah. You, you might have 60 a 60 minute tapes. Come on, man. Well, you know, of course the quality I guess was better with that, huh? No. Cause it moved at the same speed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't be any different. No, it's yeah. just a load up. And if you got real adventuresome, you could get a 120. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now yeah. you're playing with fire there. That's right. Yeah, you can never get a high quality 120 tape uh-huh. if I remember correctly. Um, but in were there 45s? No, there weren't. No, no. there's 45 per side. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so at 30, it was 60, which was 30 per side. Yeah, and then 45. A, I mean, not 90, 90, 45, 45 per, per side, side, and then 120, which was 60 per side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know that that 90 minute cassette, that 45 per side matched up with a lot of LPs mm-hmm. because, you know, 
a lot of times you can't take a record player on a road trip. You would take your favorite album, and if you're not do if you're not doing a mixtape from cassette to cassette, you're doing LP to cassette as well, which always sounded a little bit better because you didn't have all that all that that hum and uh, and noise coming off of a, a vinyl if you got a good turntable. Right. So, uh, but yeah, man, those those were the days. Yeah, they really were. And like I said, there were just a lot of, but you had to put thought into it, and you, and you really couldn't go back, you know, like you can with a, a digital mix where you can go, oh, I'm just going to move this track. Now, listen to it. I'm going to move this track. No, you were pretty well, well locked into your order that you had recorded. On. Yeah, or if you wanted to record over from that particular mm-hmm. point on. And yeah. you... You know, granted, you could take that and dub it, but as you mentioned, then you've got loss of quality, whereas mm-hmm. you can mass produce the CDs if you wanted to because they're going to be the same every time out. So I was a senior in high school. This would have been uh, this would have been the spring of 88 as I was getting senior uh, money for, for graduation. And mm-hmm. at the end of my senior year, I bought my first CD player. Right. And, uh, again, techniques. I'm a huge techniques fan. Yeah. And uh, I, I got it again from Hooper, mm-hmm. and um, the first album I got was the Joshua Tree. Oh yeah, and so I put it in, expecting it to sound so incredibly different. Yeah, and it didn't, and uh-huh. I was a little disappointed. And then I went back and listened to it on cassette, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so all that hum, all that noise uh-huh. that I just had tuned out. I could hear. Yeah, you could hear it once you went back. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's amazing. You pick up something and you think, "Oh, this is just great," and then you listen to it and you go, "Wow, what did we? What did we listen to those yeah. days?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had. And did you buy a lot of cassettes, like the store bought cassettes, or did yeah. you always do vinyl? To uh, no, I, I I could never get a turntable I was happy with. Yeah, and uh, mm. so I bought a ton of cassettes. Yeah, another friend of mine from the union, he was always, you know, oh, you you get, you've got to do the the vinyl to the album, then you've got the album, then you can make multiple copies of which we won't do whatever and i was always kind of like on the road you know and i drive in somewhere and there's a cassette and i just want to put listen to it right away you know <laughs> yeah gratification yeah. but of course that's why i have a lot of these albums are no longer around because the tape monster eats them after a while that's right i mean i think i bought some albums three times i bought it vinyl cassette yeah. cd yeah i and mentioned that in the favorite music thing eagles i've had on every format yeah i think even including eight track but uh wow yeah, so yeah wow. i don't think i ever bought anything on eight yeah we had a bunch of eight tracks they were just that was not like i said not a good format well i mean it it is what it was so yeah. i know you've done the pencil thing oh yeah right, to yeah. rewind your yeah. thing have yeah. you ever done the uh tape thing where you've had to uh, repair a oh absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and still do that to this day when yeah. folks bring in vhs and sometimes cassettes into the yeah. shop vhs and, especially but yeah cassettes yeah. sometimes too yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so you got to pop open yeah and you've got to remember where all the little parts go to you had <laughs> yeah. that little um that little at, at, at the you had that little um transfer bar rod yeah that whatever. whatever it was i mean it was a little aluminum oh sort you're talking of about the thing that hit uh pushed the that tape pushed against the head, head. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and uh it had a little bit of felt on it yeah and it pushed uh-huh. against the head and you right. that was always a pain in the butt to get back in the right slot yeah. uh-huh you know and uh it depends on how the tape is labeled so if the, if it's labeled independently on either side it's fine but sometimes you get tape that with, went across the top that went yeah. across the top That's, it's like crap i don't want to break it you know it's funny that yeah it's, exactly what you were talking about when and you and so sometimes you would lose the plastic on the windows yep you know and mm-hmm. then you had five yeah you had five screws yep and you would always lose a screw and uh-huh. so you always try to figure out where where would be, where the, would best, be the best place to have that 
missing screw. That's right. That's right. And I always always lean towards you want that missing screw up at the top versus top the corner. Bottom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so um, I, at one time, I even had a splicing block. Really? I wow. actually had a splicing yeah. block. And, um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. But, you know, I had splicing tape, had a splicing block. I had the whole nine That's yard. funny. Yeah, because I've done that before. I just would think I was just using it. Because if you it, have that it, rewind stuff, a lot of times, especially with the, the longer – tapes and they have more time to build up the rewind speed mm-hmm. by the time it gets to the end it'll just, you know you that, yeah. yeah yeah it's like the flash taking yeah, off you know right. stripping that's across right. so but yeah cassettes were so much fun yeah the only downside for me with a cassette from a from an lp was the art yeah you know uh trying to cram album art mm-hmm. from a big you know 10 inch disc yeah. or whatever the size of a full size 33 is mm, 12 i think but yeah, yeah 12 yeah 12 inch uh-huh. to to a little postage stamp size yeah. almost mm-hmm. um it's just yeah i mean yeah. there's so much art and, yeah. and and symbolism and and meanings and stories right. you know and the other thing that we, we miss now um is listening to an album as a whole right because the songs were meticulously selected mm-hmm. um and, you know, to build tempos, to tell story, whatever it is. Right. I mean, you, you would never do random access on the wall. Yeah. No. You know? uh, yeah. Um, but, you know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of shuffle play anyway, you know, just random access. I'm, I, I like it because I, I feel like if somebody's put, a, you know, if it's a greatest hit album, it doesn't really matter. But yeah. if it's something, you know, Joshua Tree, The Wall, any of those kind of albums that you feel like has a beginning, Abbey Road, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary this week, uh, those are albums I want to hear, you know, as I would play them on a vinyl album. Yeah. You know, needle drops here, you go through, you know, then you turn back around and do that. So. I remember my dual cassette deck. I could, I, you could set it up where you played the left deck and you had the right deck set up, pause and play. And as soon as the left deck stopped oh, yeah. at, at the auto stop, at the ends, yeah. it would cascade to the second yeah. deck. So you could listen to 90 Nine minutes, minutes of uninterrupted music. It was perfect That's for a right. nap. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, man, cassettes, the cassette yeah, yeah. years. That's uh, right. That, that would be a good mini series for, for the cassette na- years. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what, follow um, up to the wonder years, uh, Sirius does that though. You, uh, classic rewind are the cassette year. Music, that's right. Which, and then classic vinyl, vinyl, you know? Yeah. Love classic rewind. Yeah. Channel 25 on Sirius uh-huh. XM radios yeah. and streaming everywhere on the Sirius XM app. <laughs> that's right. Wow. I've listened well, to a little almost everywhere except for, you know, my neighborhood, <laughs> A little turn on the way to road because I, I know this because I have the Sirius app that I'm listening to in the car and I'm just like okay I've got to get out of my neighborhood before it'll <laughs> kick in. Yeah. Wow, wow, that's a that's a Wi-Fi problem. Yes, that's a that's yeah. a. Wow, cellular service problem. There you go. I mean, and we need to do an episode about hot spots and yes. technology yes. remotely, but uh, I think we've kind of taken our our jog down memory lane, showing ourselves as true guys yes. of a certain age yes. with the cassette years. Yeah, so. That's right. Um, well, I think that'll do it for this week, and hopefully Jay Ree will join us. Um, shout out to Jay, because we know he's listening, and we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, follow, like, that, uh, that typical thing. And until next time, thanks. Thanks.